It's that time again, folks. From coast to coast, broadcasting live onto tape, the podcast you like the most. It's the Election Profit Makers. In these times, you feel lost. You're not lost. We found you, baby. Election Profit Makers about to make you go crazy. Betting on the election, predictions in the news. With John and Davey, you just can't lose. Now let me tell you something about this funky podcast. If you want to know the truth, we are simply the best. Long John Silver, way down Carolina way. Joined on the mic by Kid Midas, the original Wave Rider, okay? Now you might be thinking, how can this fantasy be true? Well, let me tell you something, friend. We're coming here for you. We built this podcast. We built this podcast on rock and roll. We built this podcast. We built this podcast on rock and roll. Wow. All right, everybody. It's time for yeah. another episode of um, what I assume is your favorite podcast, Election Profit Makers. Boy, oh boy, that was just something I had to try. A song introduction with lyrics made up in the heat of the moment. John, how'd I do? You did great. I mean, from this, from where I'm standing, I couldn't hear the music. Oh, right. All you just heard it acapella. Right. That must have <laughs> right. sounded truly so- insane. Yeah, so for a while, I did not know where you were going, but I figured it out. You got locked in. And yeah, you did really well. Thanks, John. Well, John and everybody else, let's um, enjoy our um, conversation that we're about to begin with. Okay. That didn't sound normal or human. John and everybody else, let's enjoy our conversation. Proceed, human. How about that? Is that better? Yes, that is good. I guess it's the beginning of the third momentous news week. Is that right? Has it been three weeks of just nonstop news that is neutral to positive for Emperor Biden? Can it be that and we're nothing in our is third supposed week? to happen in August? I know. I was thinking about that. August is supposed to be the total doldrums. Nothing happens. Everyone goes on vacation. But we got headline after headline after headline, Johnny. Yeah. It's been really exciting. You have been excited. Tell me about some exciting events that have happened personally and politically for you in the last seven days. Why don't you? Well, personally, I I got my LASIK surgery on uh, Thursday, and it's pretty amazing. I can see now. You got zapped by the by the lasers. Yeah, I mean it was it it, it was it was quick. They. I will admit it was a little more painful than I thought it was going to be. Mm-hmm. You know, they're like, it's going to be a little bit of pressure. They don't like to say pain. They say the pressure might be kind of intense. And then when it was over, uh, they say, go home and go to bed. And the reason why they go say home that to is mommy. It Yeah, I did. I went home to mommy and I was like crying and my eyes were burning and everything. And then I woke up six hours later and uh, I could see fine. It's great. I mean, I'm still adjusting. I still, you know, apparently your 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 vision 
some days it, it's a little blurry and then not blurry. And so that's still happening right now. It's perfect. Um, Do you remember the name of the laser? What brand of laser they used? Was it a Visex or no. a Summit? Damn it. No, but I have it written down somewhere. So okay. I, I would love to you. know. But, but she's the best. Lori Travers, Dr. Lori Travers in Raleigh. She is the best. If you're in the Triangle area and you need LASIK surgery, refractive surgery, go to Lori Travers. Mention EPM 100 for a 100% discount on your LASIK surgery. Yeah. I think it's worth, you know, I was, I was talking to Jennifer the other day and she was saying, you know, think about how much money you're going to save not buying glasses and not having to buy contact lenses and things like that. And I think, yeah, I mean, assuming I don't drop dead in the next year, I, pro I probably will make my money back at some point, but that's not, it's just such an, that's not the reason to do it. It's, it's a, just a peace of mind waking up and being able to see immediately and not even looking for your glasses. I think if you are fortunate enough to have the money to do it, mm -hmm. then I think everybody should do it. Uh, wow. You're really, really pro LASIK, huh? Yeah. I mean, I think, I mean, just, it's just such a simple thing to do. I mean, I was just like, if you could do something that could, if there if was something in your life that, it, it, that you could just get rid of one thing with one procedure that, you know, and it's just, you never have to do it for the rest of your life. I was thinking like, if you could get a LASIK, uh, tooth job where you never had to brush your teeth again. And then I was thinking, you know, I don't you know. I don't really mind brushing my teeth. That's yeah, not brushing your deal. teeth is good. It's fun. So, but, but like maybe like, uh, l you got LASIK on your butt. So you never had to take a bowel movement again or something. Okay. We have entered the no spin zone friends. So if you did something, I mean, this is all theoretical, but if you were to do that, you would save money. You never have to buy toilet paper and everything, mm -hmm. but that wouldn't be the reason to do it. It would just be it not have to something you wouldn't have to worry about. You, you could save time. You, you know, you wouldn't be out somewhere and be like, Oh, I got to go to the bathroom. It would just be something you never had to worry about again. And, um, I've I don't got know one. If there's, I've got LASIK, one, but I would do it if there was probably shaving shaving and and i think there are procedures where you can laser off all your hair and never shave again right right and shaving for me of all these wonderful bodily functions that we're talking about and that our listeners are thrilling to whether it's wearing glasses whether it's moving your bowels or making a bm or whether it's brushing your teeth for me the big one that I hate the most and that I always put off and put off and put off is shaving. There's something about shaving that just drives me crazy. I can't stand doing it. And I own Harry's razors, the famous um, razors where they bought the factory in Germany and they have like these special blades and stuff. And they are definitely the best razors I've ever used. Okay. And okay. we're not getting paid to say that because we don't have advertisers, but because we're too punk rock and we'll never sell out. That's the reason. But they 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 did make shaving better these these razors. I hate to say it because I hate to support corporate America and they But you still have to spend money on them. I mean razors are expensive. Yeah, and you still have to and shave and, and it hurts and, and you cut yourself. You cut yourself and you're covered in blood and you have a big Zoom meeting and then you have to show up and you're got bandages wrapped around your neck like a like a crimson turtleneck and they say what happens if you take that ribbon off your neck does your head fall off like in the famous story 
and you have to say, I guess I'm not getting this job. And that's all just because I had to shave instead. And it clogs up your sink. Yeah, the hair clogs up up your sink. Yeah. All the time. Yeah. And when you pull out that hair, it smells pretty good. Smells pretty (laughs) fresh. Okay. Anyway, it's interesting. What what laser procedures would you have? What about your feet? What if they could do LASIK on your feet and you never had to have foot problems? Oh, clipping your toenails and fingernails. I would do that too. Yeah. I can't stand doing that stuff. Exactly. It's too gruesome. Being in, being trapped in a body at times is can be a source of great delight and pleasure, but it can also be really gruesome. And I'm talking about a healthy body with no with no illnesses or chronic conditions. Right. Even a healthy body there's some gruesome stuff. Yeah. Clipping your nails, combing your hair, earwax. Oh, forget about it. As we say in Brooklyn, earwax, you better forget about it. Hey, oh. That's what they say in Brooklyn about earwax? Mm -hmm. From the Sopranos. um, One of the characters was like, hey, Tony, uh, we got to go to the woods and kill more people for our murders. He said, oh, I got earwax. I didn't hear you. Earwax tone. You got to get Q-tips tone. Oh, forget about it. Yeah. All right, let's start the podcast. There was something else exciting that happened last week, though, that that brought you great delight and also delighted me, but I think you were really feeling it. It happened as soon as we were done recording last week, so we weren't able to acknowledge it. I was so excited last week that all of this news had occurred before our podcast, and I mentioned that, and then you cut it out of the podcast, and it would have been perfect for you to have left that in, me saying, I'm so happy that everything has already happened this week, and then... I didn't know how ironic that statement would be, because the big thing had not happened yet, which was... An hour later, the FBI raided Mar-a-Lago. Mar-a-Lago? Mar-a-Lago. Mal. M-A-L, that's what they say. Yeah. Uh, and, um, took a bunch of, uh, apparently classified documents, maybe that had state secrets and nuclear secrets. I don't know what they had, or maybe, maybe they weren't classified. Maybe they'd been declassified already. Uh, first they didn't have any classified documents because they had returned them all. Then they did have classified documents because they were planted, then they didn't have classified documents because the ones that they were planted, they had declassified with his mind. You're talking about Trump declassifying things, just deeming them unclassified? Yeah, I don't know. It's confusing. I'm not quite sure what the, what their defense is. I think they're still scrambling to, for a defense. Trump is flailing. He's trying to figure out what will stick in terms of defense. Fox News will go with whatever he says, right? And then the question is, what percentage of Republicans will go along with whatever he says his defense is? But apparently it's good for Trump. I'm so over that. I I don't see how it's good for you to be being raided by the FBI. I don't know how that's good for you. Listen, I love contrarianism as much as the next guy. But all these people being like, liberals shouldn't get too excited. This will probably actually help Trump. (laughs) Like, oh, shut up, you want to be galaxy brain i'm so tired of that oh well this guy who um this trump supporter who went to the fbi office and attacked them and then got shot and killed that might actually help trump Mm -hmm. okay come on i don't know man doesn't that feel just a little knee jerk at this point like yeah trump getting caught in the closet with a bloody axe and three decapitated orphans 
Be careful, Democrats. This might not be the win you think it is. Like, come on. Mm-hmm. Let's turn to predict it, though, because that's where reality truly lies. Yeah. What happened on predicted? So this is my hope was Trump indicted by September 1st. I'm still in this market like a total maniac because YOLO, tiger blood. Um, It's way, way down. I guess the indictment, why can't the indictment have, we have two weeks left. Come on. Why can't but it happen? That's how it always is. The closer you get, it just gets lower and lower and lower and lower and lower. So it's going, it's going to be that way until it, until the moment of indictment or yeah, the moment right before the deadline or not. I'm holding. So, I'm going to keep yeah, holding. Then. you got to hold this point. But so news just broke. Wait, really? That Giuliani <gasps> is now a target uh, of uh, election interference in Georgia, and they are going to be uh, interviewing him in, in Atlanta in the next week or so. So that's not good. So for him, and maybe that's not good for Trump either. Uh, but it's also probably not good for Democrats. <laughs> because you see, your Democrats gloating about Giuliani having to testify about election interference in Georgia, and that might actually rile up the Republican base and lead them to the polls. So <laughs> it's better to actually not care about anything. <laughs> that is the truly wise position to take. Yeah. All right. What else happened? I had something exciting happen, which is that I found a Wawa pedal on the street. Whenever I walk down the street, I always fantasize about finding a big box of broken musical equipment. And needless to say, it never happens. In the in all the years I've been interested in making electronic music, which I think at this point is four years, I've only, I think, twice found an actual electronic instrument or component on the street. And then last week, I found a Wawa pedal. Someone had left it on the sidewalk. Now, it was just sitting there alone. It was in a box with other things. No, there were like two other objects just laid out directly on the sidewalk. So it wasn't like someone moved out of their house and left a ton of stuff and I sifted through it. It was just like, oh, look at that, a Wawa pedal. Now, the Wawa pedal was, it didn't have the foot plate on it. There was no bottom on it. So the circuit was exposed and all the innards and stuff. So it was filled with dust. It had obviously just been lying around at some point. Filled with dust, completely filthy. Right. So I proceeded to take it uh, off the sidewalk and hold it tight to my breast as I ran all the way home on my little feet, pitter pattered all the way home and then, uh, cleaned it out, you know, got all the dust out and, and cleaned the, cleaned the housing, went to plug it in and it kind of worked, but it kind of didn't work. It was more acting like a volume pedal than an actual wah pedal. It wasn't making that distinctive funky porno sound that we all remember from the seventies. Right. Mm hmm. So I was like, something's up with this thing. I don't think it's, I don't think it's quite all there. So I looked at a, I went on the internet and looked at the circuit board for this unit and realized, sure enough, the circuit board of the one I had in my hand was actually missing a component, which is called an inductor, which is the thing that actually makes the wah-wah sound. So I said, well, this is very interesting. Why don't I order a replacement inductor, which I did, and which then arrived in due course, and I installed the new inductor. And it still, it started to make the wah-wah sound. I was so excited. But then sometimes it would cut out and go back to just doing the volume sound. What is the, okay, this is a, this is a dumb question, but what's the, what, what's the volume sound? Oh, volume pedal is a pedal that looks like a wah-wah pedal and you step on it and the sound gets louder and you take your, and then you bring it back and it gets quiet. It's just like a volume knob that's a pedal. Okay. And sometimes people have that so they can make like a, you know, like a swelling sound. Okay. So I started 
poking around on the circuit board as I was playing it. And I noticed there was this one capacitor that was kind of cutting in and out. And if I pressed on that capacitor, the wah-wah sound would come back. Mm -hmm. And if I took my finger off the capacitor, it would go back to just affecting kind of the volume. I said, okay, there's something wrong with this capacitor. Maybe the solder connection is not good anymore. Maybe it got knocked loose. So I desoldered the capacitor and then resoldered it. You've always been good at soldering. But the issue remained, John. The issue remained. If I applied pressure to the capacitor, it would work. And if I took my finger off, it wouldn't work. And I thought, okay, so maybe the issue is not with the legs of the capacitor and how they've been soldered to the circuit board. Maybe it's something about the body of the capacitor and its connection to the legs. So I said, what am I going to do? Go online and order a single capacitor for three cents and pay $20 shipping to have it come to me? I said, no, let me think of another way. Sure enough, I realized that Micro Center, which is the world's greatest store, which is like a crazy huge version of a Radio Shack. There's a Micro Center within walking distance of where I'm staying, and they sell boxes of just mixed capacitors, like 200 capacitors, all different types. I said, I bet if I buy this box, I'll find the capacitor that I need, a 4.7 microfarad capacitor. So, John, what did I do? I took a lift to Micro Center because it was too hot to walk and I was running short on time because I was expected at my friend's house for a sort of dinner party and I didn't want to be late. So I took a lift to Micro Center, Mm -hmm. grabbed this box of capacitors, walked to my friend's house, enjoyed a dinner outside in the company of good pals, then went over to the shop and installed this capacitor. And sure enough, friends, and now we reach the end of my story, the Wawa pedal now works flawlessly funkily and flawlessly incredible and then the fbi the whole time is raiding mar-a-lago i mean what a world we live in no one thought august was going to be like this no one had any right to expect august to be like this no plus isn't the inflation reduction act going to go into law this week yeah i mean it passed the house and uh biden is gonna sign it this week word is what an august what a funky august we're having When I look at my portfolio, I'm still seeing green on the scene, green on the screen. But the place where I've made the biggest gains, other than that Alaska at-large market, why did I ever sell my Pultola shares? She's up. I mean, I bought in at three. She's at 16. I've never seen a return like that. Unfortunately, all I have is a single share now worth 16 cents. Oh, you left a share just in case you were going to get locked out. Yeah, exactly. You taught me that. Always, when you sell out of a market and predict it, always leave one share so that you don't get shut out of the market. I had forgotten about that. But other than Peltola, the market where I'm seeing the biggest gains, I've almost doubled my money. And you know, this makes me happy, John. Which party will win the North Carolina Senate race? I bought Democratic at 16, now at 30. That's Sherry Beasley. I still think this market is way undervalued. There was a front page story in the News and Observer, the Raleigh News and Observer this morning about how close this race is. I think they're within one percentage point. Ted Budd, Republican, and Sherry Beasley, Democrat. It's hard to believe, but I mean, it. Um, I don't know. I mean, it seems like maybe the conventional wisdom has changed a little bit this week. Even Nate Silver came out and said, we might want to start thinking that... 
this upcoming election might be different than what we've seen in the past. He's still saying that the Republicans are favored, but he he is open to the idea that right now we have a neutral environment. It's, you know, plus zero. You know, normally at this point, you know, a month ago or so, Republicans were favored, you know, up four on the generic ballot. Uh, and that if it remains plus zero, then Democrats have a, I, I don't know if it's a toss up just because there's a natural imbalance in the way of gerrymandering in the house. Uh, but, but the Democrats probably have like a 20 or 30% chance, which is really good. Abortion. There was an article in the times this weekend, Democrats are spending what is it? Eight times as much money on abortion-related political ads than Republicans. Incredible. Abortion is flipped to being a Democrat base issue now that people can't take it for granted. Go get them, I say. Yeah. So, which brings us probably to the one bad thing that happened this week. Oh, the I the Idaho state the state houses outlawing abortion. No, I was going to talk about um, the particular election going on in Ohio. Oh, fucking billboard. Okay. Do you want to talk about that? Well, we can, let's grieve together. Folks, some of you will remember that there's an Ohio Senate election, Senate race going on between Tim Ryan, Democrat, and J.D. Vance, the hillbilly hobo, Republican. Bearded baby boy, my arch nemesis, Ron Howard's muse, hillbilly elegy. (laughs) And some time ago, I had I had come up with an immortal phrase. It was gonna it was gonna join the pantheon of of political slogans like "I like Ike" and "Win with Wilkie" or whatever that was. Yes, we can. <laughs> I'm with her. It was JD Vance. You have no chance because your underwear is dirty. And we were going to place this on a billboard in Ohio. And I have been working behind the scenes on this for weeks now. I, I was on our third billboard broker. For some reason, these billboard brokers would always say, oh, actually, we can't do political ads or, oh, actually, um, it has to be on a digital billboard. We didn't want a digital billboard. We wanted an old school analog paper billboard. Right. We don't, digital billboards suck, right? Yeah. Analog or bust. The fidelity is just not the same on a digital billboard. And it's truly not. It's truly not. No. So we were running through every billboard broker in Ohio with our requests, and we finally I mean, David on- has been working so hard. Well, we I both mean, have I, been working. You've been running things by me and saying, John, what do you think about this or that? So, I mean, I've given some some thoughts, but you've been taking the point and dealing with tons of people. So we finally were on our third broker, and it looked like everything was going to happen. I told them the areas in Ohio that we were interested in. I told them our budget. They sent over a map. Oh my god! I'm so into bill. Yeah, I truly think we could start a billboard operation because. So this is what would happen. I would get a list of all the billboards, and when you get a list of billboards, they show you like a photo of the billboard. They tell you what the traffic exposure is like. They tell you the direction the road is running in. Yeah, they say here's the orientation, whether it's oh, lit god. at night or not. Yeah, this is like all of John's geoguesser knowledge about time of day and angle of shadow coming into play. I would send the locations to John and then he would write back and be like, I got a good feeling about this one in Uruksville. 
this blah, 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 blah. So we compiled our list of billboards and we finally chose not one, but two billboards because the billboards were so much cheaper than we thought it was going to be. We were like, fuck it. Let's have two JD Vance billboards. We're going to have one right by Shooter's Bar and Grill. We thought that was going to be so epic. Yeah. People go into Shooter's and get their drink on and then come out and be confronted with this billboard about JD Vance's filthy underwear. It was definitely going to go viral and swing the race, right? Yeah. Billboard 327.2 and Billboard 334.4. So I wrote to our broker and said, we've chosen our billboards. We're ready to go. She sent back the contract and said, sign here. Political billboards must be paid. This is the first time in my life I ever read a contract, and I'm glad I did. (laughs) It said, political billboards must be paid entirely up front with no take backs. And I thought to myself, hmm, they still haven't seen what we want to put on the billboard. I think I need to get them to sign off on that before I turn over all this money and sign this contract. So I sent it to my friend at the billboard company and I said, just FYI, I know we need copy approval and I know that you guys have the right to reject any message per your contract. Here's what we wanted to say. JD Vance, you have no chance because your underwear is dirty. And yes, I know everybody wrote in and said, well, shouldn't it say JD Vance, you have no chance you have dirty underpants because it rhymes? No. It has first first idea is best idea. That's screenwriting 101. It's kind of we thought it was just a little more unsettling that it didn't rhyme and it kind of fell apart at the end. And maybe that's what the billboard company picked up on, because (laughs) just this morning, as I was just getting ready to sign everything and I was hoping to come on this episode this morning, trailing clouds of glory and announce the billboard is a go. We we are we are in this Ohio race uh, they wrote back and said, "This um, we cannot approve this copy. And I was just like, son of a gun. All because I found a Wawa pedal on the street that I was able to fix. Now the universe has to, you know, has to even things out by denying our incredible billboard that was going to be right by Shooter's Bar and Grill. It was going to be the talk of the town. It was going to be a game-changing event because it was going to be right outside Shooter's. You were going to be able to send a reporter you know, one of them was sort of on a highway and it had a lot of lot of cars going by. It was a McDonald's nearby. That was going to be a good one. But you weren't going to be able to stand there and stop vehicles. Shooters, you would just go into shooters and be like, hey, have you seen this billboard? And maybe they had and maybe they hadn't. But then they could just walk out and look at it and then they could get a comment on it. It's cancel culture. They're silencing us. They're silencing us because of our speech. And the only good thing to come out of it, John, is now that we've been canceled, we are guaranteed a New York Times op-ed column and a Netflix comedy special about our cancellation. We'll call ourselves the Billboard Brothers. Yeah. And we can spend a whole career about, about how billboard companies in Ohio have canceled us because we're not so-called politically correct. Oh, I'm sorry. Did you want it to say, J.D. Vance, you have a good chance because your underwear is so sparkling clean? Because you had that surgery on your butt so you don't have to make BMs anymore. That's actually a really good billboard. Do you think they would let us do that? Like, can actually, they? Re- can I mean, you write back to her, write back to her and just see. Send her. If, that, if she'll take that. Say, you can't say it's offensive because we're complimenting him. We're saying that he has sparkling clean underwear because he had a secret laser surgery on his anus. So he no longer produces fecal matter. Mm-hmm. Should we keep going? I mean, should so. I was getting so damn excited to get into the billboard game. I mean, billboards are like surprisingly affordable. There was no question in my mind that we would have been able to raise enough money to reimburse me for this purchase of these billboards. Yeah. It was less than $3,000 to rent two billboards from now until the election. 
That's incredible mm-hmm. to me. Mm-hmm. I assume billboards cost like a million dollars. And maybe they do in Times Square. <gasps> Times Square. <laughs> that's where it should go. Because, you know, New York would be like, fuck yeah, man, that's funny. Shouldn't it have some porno cuss words in it, though? Like, shouldn't it be nastier? Actually, that's the old Times Square. New Times Square, they won't let that fly. Yeah. Anyway, I'm out of ideas. If any Ohio listeners, if any, there are any listeners in Ohio that have one of those private billboards that just is on your land, do you know what I'm talking about? And mm-hmm. you can do whatever you want, let us know. Yeah. Or anybody who owns a billboard company. If anyone owns a billboard company and you're like free speech absolutists. Yeah. Yeah. Hardcore libertarian listeners. That is what we need. Or we need a good lawyer and we can take it to the Supreme Court. We were so close, John, that I just to get a taste to look at those little photos of those little roads and know that our billboard was going to be right there. You know, it might have been a good thing because I think I would have gotten addicted after this. I know. No. Oh, absolutely. Forget about guitar pedals. It's all about collecting billboards and just going crazy on billboards. Yeah. Just looking all over the country anywhere. Just be like, okay. All right, here's one. This one isn't too much. What are we going to put on this one? Yeah. (laughs) Oh, it's like when we used to make little crazy t-shirts in high school and wear them to school with little messages on them. So I guess my question, listeners, is should we let this go or should we try to come up with a a J.D. Vance-related billboard that is not offensive but is just confusing and really test them and say – to see like what is their threshold for violating their community standards, right? Right. J.D. Vance, you have a good chance because your underwear is sparkling clean because you had laser surgery on your anus and cannot produce bowel movements. What billboard company could ever come up with a rationale for denying that billboard? For for denying it. We're complimenting him. We're saying something. He should pay up. Peter Thiel should pay us a million dollars to place that billboard. I don't know. Anyway, that's that's the billboard update. If anyone has any ideas about what we should do, let me know. One idea I thought was we could just print a thousand stickers with that phrase on it and mail them to any listener who lives in Ohio for free. And they could do a sticker campaign. But a sticker, man, come on. I mean, we love stickers, but compared to a I just billboard, what? What about those planes that fly with a... Oh, with a banner? With a banner. It'd be too long. It's a long message for a plane. I feel like they would be more willing to do it because they're like, yeah, it's not going to get defaced. You can't deface a plane. Do you think they would allow it if it just said, J.D. Vance, you have no chance? Why would you write back? It's just a simple email. Write back. Yeah. Let me see what her language was. Hold on. She said, hi, David, this design was not approved, Uh, blah, 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 reserves the right at any time to refuse, withdraw, or remove any advertising copy, which in blah, blah, blah's sole opinion is considered objectionable, objectionable, or that attracts negative publicity or controversy from the community. So they could use that to reject anything. This might attract negative publicity from the community. I mean, what, what could we get away with saying? We love Ohio football. Hooray. They'd approve that. <laughs> yeah. J.D. Vance, all-American hero, dot, dot, dot. Ohio football. Uh, dot, 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 Ohio football. Yeah. That's an interesting question. What If it's just weird. All right. Well, I'll look into it. I get, well. But see, I feel like a lot of these billboard places do weird ads as a way to generate publicity. 
Do you remember this growing up? You would, you, you'd, you'd have weird radio ads sometimes for some bizarre type of business and you'd hear them all the time. And then, and it turns out it was basically the radio station that created these as a promotion. And then they would do a survey and everyone had heard of Mr. Willie Wilde's uh, uh, wing store. And you'd been hearing them for months and you're like, what is this all about? You mean it wasn't a real business? No, it wasn't a real business. And it was just a way for the advertisers to say, look, radio advertising works. We got everyone to believe in this fake business. <laughs> yeah. So we should do that for them. We should say, look, this is going to generate a ton of press. And then you can flip it around and say, you can use this, these billboards to advertise gun shows or, you know, your restaurant or whatever. What if it just said J.D. Vance underwear? I guess underwear is the controversial thing because it's so intimate, right? It's about private areas of your body that suffer in shame. Yeah. What if it said JD Vance, you have no chance because you're <laughs> never mind. Okay, <laughs> let's keep moving. Okay. First of all, thanks to everybody who wrote in with their memories of hearing their local station cut in um uh audio to We Built This City by Starship. We got a lot of listener feedback about that. And that was very validating for me to know that it wasn't just me who remembered my local radio station, G105, cutting in uh, promo audio into the instrumental sections of We Built This City. John, do you want to read this? We're only going to read a Uh, couple letters about this. Yeah, okay. So Tim writes in. Tim says, We Built This City is a terrible song, and I can't believe Elton John collaborator Bernie Taupin has a writing credit on it. I grew up in a small town, so unfortunately, I don't have any cool stories about hearing big market radio stations doing their drop-ins during the instrumental break on We Built This City. However, as a professed radio nerd, I do have a story about how I learned this was an actual thing. I distinctly remember hearing two versions of this song as a kid in the early 90s, several years after its peak. One version had a canned DJ doing a voiceover talking about how he was looking over that Golden Gate Bridge in your favorite radio city, the city by the bay, the city that never sleeps. That's the one I remember. Uh, Then there was another version I'd sometimes hear, which only had an instrumental break. I wasn't sure why this was. In 2001, my local record store in Naperville, Illinois, ended up with several crates of vinyl which had handmade labels appearing to indicate times and dates of airplay. Eventually, I figured out it came from radio station WDEK in DeKalb, Illinois, a station which had been purchased and changed its format two years earlier. I was 19 and bought a bunch of vinyl without caring much about what exactly I was buying. Included in one of the piles I bought was a 12-inch, 33 and one-third RPM single of We Built This City with stickers on it indicating it was a, quote, special non-DJ rock radio version, end quote, distributed at radio's request. 
For some reason, I still have it. See attached pictures. I'm guessing this is the version that a lot of stations used for their own DJs to talk over the instrumental break. That is so cool. Then he writes, the president of a jingle company in Texas has also said that they recorded a bunch of local customizations of We Built This City, and most people thought it was the actual band singing. Amazing. He finishes with, I enjoyed this show and hope you'll continue after what feels like the inevitable death of Predicted. Thanks, Tim. That was a lot of information. Yeah, that was good stuff. It reminds me of when um, Brian Mezabov had vi- had like a five LP set of a broadcast of Casey Kasem doing America's Top 40 for the week in the 80s. Did How is that possible? How did... How did that wind up on records? At the time, because we thought- Because that's how uh, we did- So I used to work at WCHL in right. Chapel Hill. They would send it out on records? They did. Every week. That's crazy. We got a huge thing on vinyl for just that week. Oh my gosh. That's really yeah. what it was? That is what it was. It wasn't on carts. I mean, obviously it wasn't digital. It was too soon. And it wasn't live either then. It wasn't a live broadcast. Right. I mean, I think vinyl was just a a higher quality uh, audio than a cart. Oh, that means there must be thousands of LPs of America's Jim Bohannon show would come on. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Do you think Art Bell coast to coast or whatever that guy, the UFO guy, was that on vinyl? No way. Absolutely. No way. Yes. (gasps) yes. Oh God. When God closes a window, he opens a new rabbit hole from billboards to, from billboards to vinyl collections, uh, vinyl archives of radio shows. My goodness. Yeah. I want to address something in the last week. I've been doing a lot of thinking about We Built the City, and obviously it's been in my head nonstop. We Built the City is now infamous for being a terrible song, and people do remark on the fact that Bernie Toppin had a hand in it. And there's a whole big oral history in, on GQ's website about how everyone in the band hated it and blah, 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 and they're all so embarrassed by it. But I don't think it's quite as bad as people... Re- I mean, it's bad, and it's a little what the kids would call cringe, because... It's a nostalgic song glorifying rock and roll that is like the apotheosis of 80s synth pop, like neutered synth pop being performed by a former heavy psych rock band, right? So all that stuff is a mess. But the melody is not that bad. And the pre-chorus is actually has a nice elegiac feeling like when it goes... Don't you remember, member, member, bamba? When it builds up like... There's some good stuff going on in that song. I just want to say to our listeners, please don't dismiss that song out of hand. I think if it had different lyrics and different production, it could be good. But the fact that it has the lyrics it has and the production it has does also make it, it's, it's, I would say this, it's more interesting and rich than a lot of bad 80s songs. I'll just say that. Hmm. How about that? Yeah. Has anybody ever done a remake, a cover of it? I'd be interested. You mean changing the lyrics? No, or just uh, like did Rage Against the Machine do a version of it? That would be Rage Against the Machine is on tour right now, and apparently they are closing with a cover of We Built This City. That's interesting. But they're changing it to We Built This City on Rage and Roll. (laughs) What (laughs) if they did that? Yeah. Oh, that'd be so exciting. And also... uh, 
yeah, our friend John Kearney wrote to me and said that I was wrong. It was not about San Francisco. Of course, they are, Starship was from San Francisco, but uh, we built this city was about LA. Oh. I didn't fact check that. I just believed him. I think that's probably right. I think we need to address uh, some of our friends and colleagues that have written in with some personal notes about uh, Andrew Yang and I think taking issue with our criticism or just outright dismissiveness. Dis- yes, of Andrew Yang. This was intriguing to me. Two people that you and I know, have known, grew up with, who we have a lot of res- affection and respect for, mm-hmm. two people re- were really rubbed the wrong way when we were dunking on Andrew Yang and the forward party. And I think what these two people have in common is they both mentioned, like, I just don't feel like I have a party. I feel alienated from the Democrats. Now, granted, they wrote in before this, before the Inflation Reduction Act was passed. They wrote in when it when it, at the peak of what looked to be Democratic fecklessness and weakness, when they couldn't get anything done and it looked like Biden was just, you know, down for the count in the next two years, everyone's just going to be spinning their wheels. So maybe their opinion has slightly changed. Maybe not. I'm not sure. But yeah, I, I, I had no, I had no idea. The, and I think people, the depth of people's, I mean, cause come on, do respect to the people I'm thinking of right now. And you know, I love y'all, but come on. You can't, this can't be motivated entirely by Yang's grasp of the political moment and his hard-won integrity when it comes to policy positions. I don't mean to, I mean, I don't know, maybe I shouldn't say that because that's condescending to tell people why they believe. No, what what I would say is I am completely on board with people being frustrated with both parties and some people saying maybe we need a, a third option and things should be different. And I personally may be jaded and say, oh, that's naive or that won't work. And I might be right or I might be wrong. But I totally respect the idea of not being happy with the two parties. I think my issue is that I just feel like Yang is not the guy. He's not the guy. And let's remember, everybody, I voted for Ross Perot in two presidential elections. And I voted for Nader in 2000. So there's nobody who used to be more pro third party, burn it all down than old kid Midas, the original, the original ballot waster. Okay. But yeah, Yang, I got a, I got an email from Yang this morning, an update. And he said, hello, I hope all is great with you and that your summer has weeks to go. I didn't understand. <laughs> I don't, what? That's nice. It does. As yeah. a matter of fact, it does. I think everyone's summer has weeks to go. Yeah. But then he said, new forward party members are up to nearly 40,000 since our announcement and growing every day. Wait yeah. a minute. 40, I thought we were bagging on him for- I think we were at 20,000 in the week after his- Three in, weeks ago? Yeah. So he's doubled. He's almost doubled it. Nearly doubled it. Yeah. Listen, no disrespect to anybody who hates the two-party system. That's just baked in, I think, to all of our consciousness. But especially after this past week and what Democrats were able to get done with a fucking 50-50 Senate. Yeah. I just don't see Yang as the guy. And, you know, Jim Acosta, there was an interview, I don't know if it was this weekend, where Jim Acosta was basically asking what I long to ask, which is, okay, what's the forward party's position on abortion? 
And Yang was like, we're seeking common sense consensus. Shut up. I'm sorry to my friends who I love dearly, but come on. How, how, how many times can you say we're seeking common sense consensus about stuff? What does that mean? Does it mean it's like when Thomas Friedman used to write all these fucking op-eds about how we wish the Thomas Friedman would write these op-ed columns back in the day and be like, I, you know what? America's too divisive. We need a leader who can blah, 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 blah. That's Obama. He's in the white house right now. Like, what are you talking about? Like there's never been someone more fixated on consensus and compromise than this guy. You're describing his positions exactly. Right. But you want to be above the partisan fray. So you project all the positions that are held by this institution or this individual and saying, wouldn't it be nice if somebody who wasn't a Democrat or a Republican could hold these positions? Then they would be a Democrat. Now, that's not probably true for everything about common sense consensus, because the Democratic Party is definitely to the right of their voters on fucking shit like corporate tax cuts, thanks to Kirsten Cinema getting all the hedge fund money as she voted against yeah, the carried paid. interest loophole or whatever. But still, 80% of what Andrew Yang's forward party is going to want to be is just going to be the Demo- – is just going to – you think a bunch of disaffect – oh, okay. Forget it. We love our friends. We will have to we agree do. to disagree about this. I think they have a branding problem. I think they should change the name from the forward party. What should they be called? Good party. The good party. Yeah, that's yeah, nice. Because they're good. Okay, okay, okay. Enough. All right. Sorry, sorry. We hope you'll keep listening to our podcast even if you – even if you like Andrew Yang. Yeah, I mean, we rip on Biden all the time. Biden was hurting. Now Biden is the king and I worship Biden and I'm a total Biden stan and I love and yeah. I love Joe Biden and I want to write a song. And Joe Manchin, too. Love yeah, him. and Joe Manchin, the king. Yeah, I'm Two Pete kings. Buttigieg, he's my favorite. Don't oh, ever right. say you anything like- <laughs> bad about Pete Buttigieg or I will go off. <laughs> I can't believe you like Pete Buttigieg some. All right, what if Pete Buttigieg, what if Pete Buttigieg ran for president on the forward party? What would you do? That would kill you. Yeah, that would that I would be that would be tough. I'd be paralyzed. I would not know what to do. That, that would tear this house asunder. But he would do a good job. Okay, shut up. Can't believe we're not going to get that fucking billboard. Gordo writes in. I'm a longtime listener. I love the podcast, and I'd like to thank you for your top notch reporting in these troubling times. The reason for this communique is simple. After hearing David's material, I have two pedal recommendations for him. I work at Flipside Music, a pedal and guitar shop in Denver, Colorado, and we see a regular parade of pedals come through our door every day, but occasionally we see some real funky stuff. Go on. Yes. I recently had the opportunity to try out a count to five from Montreal Assembly. I found it to be fascinating. Okay, stop. Con- I own this pedal. Okay. Oh. I've had a I've ha- I've had a count to 5 for a few years now. It's probably I would say it's probably the biggest pedal of the last 10 years in terms of people's devotion to it. Um, I'm using it less and less as I move further and further away from the shores of melody and deeper and deeper into the fathomless depths of pure noise and miking industrial fans and stuff like that. But yeah, it's a, it's a great pedal for guitarists. And in fact, if you've listened to my material, which I assume you're talking about all the amazing hit songs that are posted at davidreesrecords.bandcamp.com. Um, 
the count to five is used on a fair amount of that stuff. Anyway, he continues, another pedal that is just as unpredictable is the bicycle delay from Caitlin Bread. This is also a delay, but the rationale behind its processing stems from replicating the auditory effects of hallucinogens. Mm. It is named after Bicycle Day, the day LSD was invented. I can report that this didn't do much for me on guitar, but holy Christ, does it sound amazing when you pump an old Casio MT-100 through it. Hot damage. All right. Uh, upon research, I found that these are available for around $220 and $120, respectively. I myself have a limited understanding of pedal innards, but I'm assuming it would be possible to build your own version of these disruptive devices if given the proper schematics, blueprints, and or other supporting materials. Gordo, I've never heard of this bicycle delay. I'm intrigued. Thank you for that recommendation. I don't know about building. I think with these digital, these pedals are, I can only assume bicycle delay is digital, like count to five is digital. And I think in that instance, they're hard to build unless you have the chip, which probably has a bunch of proprietary software in it. I appreciate this report from the front lines of a, of a music store. Thank you, Gordo. I wish more people would write in, you know, how like people get field reports. Like I'm down here on the, I'm down here in Ohio talking to these people at these diners. And it sounds like Tim Ryan has an uphill battle against uh big boy, JD Vance. I wish I like getting uh, uh, info from the front lines of music stores. Mm-hmm. Well, the big pedals coming through this week, they've got everyone talking or so-and-so. Yeah. You need to know what, what people think in the, the heartland. Absolutely. Which brings us to this next letter, Olivia. Olivia writes in, I think you guys get so many emails about Skylines because everyone wants to make everything about themselves and talk about their hometowns, and so do I. I think my hometown of Peoria, Illinois, oh, legend. Is the best Skyline in the mediocre city tier. It has a nice reveal when driving northbound into the city on Interstate 74. It's a nice welcome when I go back for a visit, but you really get the effect at night, and you can't see it at all from Google Street View. I don't know why anyone not from Illinois would ever need to drive on I-74, but if you ever do pass through, check it out. While you're there, you can visit the Caterpillar Museum, since Caterpillar is Peoria's only claim to fame, besides being the symbol of average middle America. But Caterpillar relocated to Chicago suburbs and now everyone hates them, but I digress. Thanks for a great podcast. Thanks, Olivia. And yes, thanks for writing in from Peoria because we want to hear what real Americans are thinking. Yeah. Caterpillar is like the, um, they make buildors, bulldozers, build, 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 Fuck me. Caterpillar makes like bulldozers and stuff, right? Bulldozers, yeah. Bulldozers. Yeah, earth-moving equipment. Peoria Skyline, a dark horse. I like that. Never been anywhere in Illinois. Really? You've never been anywhere in Illinois? or Chicago. Chicago's a big one. Yeah. Man, I used to spend a lot of time in Urbana-Champaign in a previous life. Woo! College towns. Nothing beats a college town in the Midwest, man. 
John, I think that's it. I think we've reached the end of this episode. That's that, Yeah, that's it. It was kind of a weird episode. I feel like I spent 45 minutes talking about that Wawa pedal I found on the sidewalk. Yeah. And if everyone got annoyed at that and said, I'm never listening to this damn podcast again. I can't stand these two bozos and their dumb stories about billboards that don't happen and Wawa pedals that don't work. Well, rest assured, next week we'll come and give you one of the tightest tightest podcast episodes you've ever heard okay there's no second right. guessing long john silver and kid midas okay Don't over promise yeah. next week's episode is going to be the number one podcast episode of the year according to the readers okay. of time magazine and newsweek magazine and that's my okay. ironclad guarantee with a hundred percent fifty thousand dollar refund if it doesn't come true okay so just get ready for next week's episode i don't care if this week's episode was the most just disappointing thing you've ever heard in your life we'll be back next week better than ever you know why the vitamin supplements salves powders and pills that we're going to take between now and next week they will truly make us kings among men yes and lords among all we survey okay that's our promise to you but actually when you think about it this week's episode wasn't so bad i guarantee you'll listen to a worse episode of a podcast this week okay guarantee you listen to that right. damn thing on the new york times every morning that guy is like good morning everybody here's the daily donald trump's in hot water again but is it really as good as we think it is something like that i know that can't be as good as ours i've never but actually this morning i was like i should listen to that podcast is that a good podcast what is it? The, daily? the daily you ever listen to that yeah yeah what's his name i don't know yeah someone write in and tell me if i should add that to my podcast um rotation yeah a good way to start the day, just to know what everyone's talking about today. Well, uh, the war in Ukraine has affected the price of wheat. Thank you for listening. <laughs> That's what I imagine it is, just like one sentence. I know it's not. I'm sure they talk to... Do they like interview journalists and stuff? They do, yeah. Okay. Yeah, I, I've listened before. Okay. Elon Musk's deal to buy Twitter has hit a snag or two. Thanks for listening, Harry's Razors. All right, I'll give it a shot. Okay. Okay. Goodbye, everybody. John, do the credits. Okay. Bye-bye. Oh. Election Profit Makers is an independent production. Support us on Patreon at patreon.com slash election profit makers. Send your election prediction questions to contact at electionprofitmakers.com. And if you would like to try Predict It, your time is running out. Go to www.predictit.org slash promo slash EPM20 to receive up to $20 in matching funds. And if you would like to write to the CFTC and tell them how much Predictit has meant to you, you can go to bit.ly slash savepredictit. And thanks to everyone who wrote in and said they hope we'll keep the podcast going even in, even in the face of Predictit's demise. Yeah. We will definitely outlive Predictit, I assume. But yeah, thanks for everyone's kind words. Yes. We have no intention of stopping. We're number one. Why would we stop now? The Billboard okay. Brothers, the kings right. of Ohio outdoor advertising. Goodbye for now. We'll see you in hell. Election profit. Bye. I thought I'd do some grocery shopping. I'm at Wagner's, and my wife wants some vegetables for crudite, right? So here's a broccoli. That's two bucks. Well, a ton of broccoli there. There's some asparagus. That's $4. Yep. Carrots. That's four more dollars. That's $10 of vegetables there. And then we need some guacamole. That's $4 more. And she loves salsa. Yeah, there's salsa there. $6? Must be a shortage of salsa. Guys, that's $20 for crudite. This doesn't include the tequila. I mean, that's outrageous.